everyone, and welcome to HR Works, brought to you by BLR. I'm your host, Steve Bruce. HR Works provides clear, relevant, actionable information on topics that matter to HR professionals. When you're armed with best practices, plus the knowledge to keep your organization in compliance, HR works. Culture. We all talk about it. We ponder how important it is. We wonder how we might go about changing it. Today, we've brought in Karen Whalen of data management firm First Data, an organization that has had success with culture change. Karen, Senior Vice President of Human Resources, leads HR business partner support for the Global Business Solutions Chief Administrative Officer Controls General Counsel Organization and Communications and Finance, delivering high-impact human capital solutions to optimize business performance. Additionally, Karen serves as HR champion for the firm's employee resource groups. A First Data employee since 1995, Karen has held a multitude of leadership positions during her 20 years of service. For the last decade, Karen has worked in human resources, serving most recently as co-head. Honored as one of Long Island's 50 most influential women, Karen serves on the advisory board of Friends of Karen, a New York-based organization that provides emotional, financial, and advocacy support for children with life-threatening illnesses and for their families. Karen earned a bachelor's degree in business management and marketing from Cornell University and has done extensive graduate work in industrial organizational psychology at Adelphi University. Karen, welcome to HR Works. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. So I understand that First Data's cultural transformation uh, really got into gear when a new CEO arrived in 2013. Can you tell us about that? Sure, happy to. So Frank Bizignano came to First Data after a very successful career at the financial services giants, including J.P. Morgan Chase and Citibank. And he has an amazing reputation for turning around struggling businesses. And his reputation really inspired confidence and optimism among our employees when he was first announced as our new CEO. And he was also known for his philanthropic work. And in particular, I remember learning that he was one of the founders of the 100,000 Jobs Mission, which was an original venture of, I believe, 11 or 12 companies that uh, grew dramatically and then ended up hiring hundreds of thousands of veterans and uh, just incredibly impressive background. And when I first met him, I was struck. He's very, uh, very direct, very candid. He talked about who he was as a leader, how he had grown up in Brooklyn, and he was also very forthright about the challenges that we had as a company. And uh, very early on, he was also someone who talked a lot about diversity and inclusivity. And he said that we should expect to see a very diverse management team because that's who he really is. He grew up in Brooklyn, and these are core values of Frank's. And he said very early on he wanted to create a work environment where employees could feel that they could bring their whole selves to work. By creating an environment like that, Frank really believes that our employees can be their very best for the firm and for our clients. 
So it was a uh, real shift into action, a real change, but a very welcome change at that. Well, that's great. What about your culture led to the need to uh, transform it? Well, we had we had become a private organization back in 2007, and you all know about the many challenges uh, with the economy into 2008 and 2009. We had become very stagnant as a company, and bottom line is we weren't profitable. But, and, and this is what Frank saw in, in taking this assignment, is that we had phenomenal assets as a company. We had relationships with 6 million merchants globally, 4,000 financial institutions. We had great uh, potential uh, products and services that hadn't been fully developed yet, and, and he saw that opportunity. And we have been, as a company, with, with all of the challenges happening uh, economically outside of the firm, we have become very internally focused. We had a lot of uh, changeover in our CEOs, and to be very candid, we were not the client-focused organization that we should have been. And at the time that Frank took the helm, he had a very small manage team, management team. He had six leaders, old white men, who um, were, were playing in multiple roles because we were not growing the top line of the firm. And so in an effort to keep expenses to a minimum, we had a management, a very small management team that was just overwhelmed with having too many uh, jobs and responsibilities. So when you set out to do this transformation, what goals did you set for yourself? So first and foremost, we wanted to return to profitability as a company. We wanted to be an innovation leader within the payment space. We wanted to be a grand collaborator to our partners, our clients, really help our clients grow their businesses. So our 6 million merchants that I mentioned earlier, 4,000 financial institution partners, really, how do we make them more successful? And also, a huge part of this was being a great place to work and, and becoming a talent magnet. And as part of that, being a company that values diversity and meritocracy. So uh, how did you go about your cultural transformation? Uh, and especially, I think you have about 24,000 employees. Correct, correct. So the, the wonderful thing about this management team is that they are very visible. And they, when they all began, uh, many of them started in 2013, but others came in 2014, they were highly visible. So they took to the road. They hosted face-to-face -face meetings, both large and small. They held roundtables. And they were very clear in communicating where we were as a company. And, and some of it was very difficult to hear because I think for uh, many of our employees, they didn't understand some of the challenges that we had financially as a company, how we were uh, losing share to uh, some of our competitors. And so they laid it out very plainly. And the same way when I mentioned the goals earlier, those are the same goals that they talked about from day one. And so from there, Frank began hosting regular town halls. So every quarter he would host an all-employee town hall 
initially it was just the most senior leaders and he said no I wanted to be every single employee and he is always very candid in his comments he always goes back to the original vision for the company and continues to reinforce where we're making progress and where we still have work to do and one of the, the greatest things that uh, Frank did early on was that he made the decision to issue all employees equity shares in the new first data so he wanted every employee to behave as an owner of the firm every decision that they made he wanted them to be sure it was in the best interest of our clients and the company and that was the mindset that he wanted to instill so that was a very important decision that he made and and I would argue one of the greatest uh, components of the transformation. Well, that's great. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier the importance that uh, that he and you attach to diversity, and I understand that um, First Data has especially increased its support for LGBT employees. Can you give us some examples of what you did? I sure can. When Frank hired our chief control officer, Cindy Armine Klein back in mid-2014, and he specifically asked her to take a leadership role for the First Data LGBT community and its allies. And he even declared that as part of her job responsibilities when it, he made the announcement that she was coming to work at First Data. Now, Frank had worked with Cindy before at J.P. Morgan Chase and at Citi, where she also served as chief control officer. So she was a very senior executive. She was out. And Frank knew how powerful that would be to have a senior executive inside of First Data launch a body of work in support for uh, the LGBT community. And because of the way that Frank announced Cindy, including it in this big uh, press release, uh, externally and internally, many of our employees actually approached Cindy directly and expressed their interest about getting more involved with an LGBT affinity group. Cindy also was someone who went out on the road. She spoke openly about her coming out story. She was just very forthright, and she's a very, very engaging leader. So people started to really push her for more information. When are we going to get started? And pretty soon she had critical mass, and what she decided to do is take this group of founders and, and form an affinity group. And one of their first objectives was to take our score on the Human Rights Campaign's Corporate Equality Index from 45 to 100. And they did that within six months of getting this group started. So uh, we've since earned that honor three years in a row. And uh, that was the start of our LGBT affinity work. Wow, great strides. And, I, and you, I think you've also made some policy changes about, around benefits and discrimination policies? We have. So in 2015, before marriage equality, we launched same-sex partner benefits, the, the equivalent benefits to all, and uh, that was a big change for us. And then in 2016, we launched benefits for transitioning employees, to include psychotherapy, hormone replacement, and surgery to change secondary sex characteristics. That was a big change. And then in 2017, we will launch a new parental leave policy that is gender neutral and inclusive of new birth, 
adoptions, and foster care situations. So we have made, uh, as, as a team, some dramatic shifts, uh, changes in policy. And that, that's the beautiful thing about these employee resource groups. They just take on these big, it almost seems insurmountable challenges, and uh, together they, they make it happen. So, so very proud of, of the work that this team has done in this space. Yeah, you're definitely ahead of the curve there. So, and also, um, you have a transgender 101 course, I believe, for raising awareness amongst employees about what it means to be transgender and the proper etiquette in the workplace. Um, we do. So, yeah, well, tell me about that. Sure. So, we launched Transgender 101 in 2015, and it was delivered to our entire HR team globally, and it was actually delivered by a transgender employee who was part of our Unity or LGBT affinity group. And we've since had some refresher training where needed where we have new HR folks, and we've also done some training for some line managers as well. But Transgender 101, just as it sounded, provided important foundational knowledge to the HR team to better equip them to respond support employees and their managers, and it included things like basic definitions. So what is cisgender, what is transgender, trans man, trans woman. It also gave an overview of pronouns and the importance of using the right pronouns and even asking an individual what are the pronouns that they like to use. We talked about differences among gender identity, gender expression, biological sex, and sexual orientation. And then we also covered the workplace and how to handle transitions from the medical side, from the social side. We included restrooms, which have been a huge topic, as I, I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. And so we, at that point, we also shared our formal guidelines because First Data does have formal guidelines for both the transitioning employee, their manager, and their coworkers. So it's, it's been a very well-received program and uh, has served us well in the years since it was introduced. Oh, that's wonderful. And, um, and you also have won some sort of prize. Is that what you mentioned before? Well, so we, uh, we, we did earn a 100% score on the Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality Index for three years in a row. Uh, we are very, very proud of that after having... Um, been sitting around the 35 to 45 uh, score level for, for quite a few years. So that's been a big deal. And then we've also shared our training with some of our partners. A big partner of ours is Out and Equal. And what they said about the training was that it was very honest and very detailed and that they thought it was a standout for that reason. So not necessarily a uh, an award per se, but uh, recognition that we are, are very proud of. Yeah, well, you've made dramatic changes, 30% to 100%. You certainly can be proud of that. Now, I'm wondering, um, what sort of changes have you made then in your recruiting and interviewing and selection processes to be sure that the people you bring into the organization are going to be compatible with your culture? So we do a, a lot of, of work around this, and uh, we spend a lot of time uh, in HR, certainly with all of our business partners and our recruiters talking about the new first data and, and how uh, to message that in the best way. 
So we talk openly about the old first data and what we're trying to create with the new first data. We speak heavily to our employees, have an ownership stake in the company, and we ask them to behave as owners. We're upfront about the value we place on diversity and inclusion. And uh, if you look at our firstdata.com website, you will certainly see uh, sections like diversity of first data. We tout our, our external recognition quite heavily. And we ask our, um, as part of our on-site recruiting, our campus recruiting, we do have our employee resource groups also very actively involved in those efforts. Well, you're doing wonderful things. Now, what about after you hire somebody during your onboarding or training processes? Is there anything special you do to uh, help people assimilate the culture? We do, actually. So the onboarding process is a full day. We just changed it to a full day immersion event where we teach them all about first data, our vision. We introduce them to uh, members of our management team. It's an orientation that's facilitated by both HR and our senior business leaders on site. We also have uh, many different uh, activities for them to get engaged with the company. We introduce them to our employee resource groups early on. We teach them about other ways for them to get involved in their local uh, sites and communities. And um, we also get them plugged into, we, First Data has received a lot of media coverage of late, so we make sure they have access to all of that goodness. And uh, we do pair them up with colleagues uh, who can help them navigate the new First Data. Okay. So um, what sort of measurements or metrics do you use to evaluate how things are going culture-wise at First Data? We have a variety of metrics and, and measurements that we, that we use. We've conducted engagement studies, and those are usually face-to-face, one-on-one interviews that we've uh, conducted with a cross-section of employees across the firm. HR is doing some of that as we speak right now in partnership with our innovation lab. We look at membership uh, within our employee resource groups and how it has grown year over year. We certainly look at employee retention rates by leader. We look at our net promoter scores that our clients provide and, and use that to reflect on how we can operate differently inside the company. And um, we, it, is, it is something that we're trying to embed in our business as usual. This is how we operate all the time, always looking to raise our employee engagement, uh, raise our net promoter scores of our clients because we see them as so interrelated. So uh, much, much, uh, much work in this space as well. Well, this is great. Um, to sum it all up, is there any particular thing you'd recommend to companies that want to work on their cultures? I, I would say that the, the most important piece, and, and this management team, I give them a lot of credit, as you know and mentioned earlier, I've been here for a long time, but this team has driven change faster than, than I've ever seen before. And it is about a shared consciousness among all of our employees. They need to be clear about our vision. 
They need to understand where the company is in delivering that vision, and they need to understand their part in enabling that vision. And what has been terrific here is that our leaders have been so honest, and they're honest about the good and what's not so good yet, and, and that has really helped move us along on our course, but all aligned together. We, we do have that shared consciousness that is so critical to driving culture change. Well, I think you're doing wonderful things there. So um, thanks so much for joining us today and providing all these very helpful tips. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Listeners, please let me know what HR work should cover next. Bruce at blr.com. Thanks for listening. This is Steve Bruce for HR Works. The opinions expressed on HR Works do not represent legal or any other type of professional advice and should not be used as a substitute for legal advice from a qualified attorney licensed in your state.